Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, Twitter, you thing? I am. Yeah? That is a thing. Okay. I'm on Twitter. All right. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter, and I think I'm at B1GKURT. It's... You know, the funny thing is, when I go on shows or get interviewed, mm-hmm. it's much easier to spell out and give your Twitter handle than it is mine. B1GKURT. It's way better. But Jeffrey the Greek is easy. Yeah. Just, it rolls off the tongue. It does roll. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. Kurt, before we came down to the Downstairs Athletic Club, we had a meal tonight that I cooked. It was okay. It wasn't my best. Uh, the pork chops were, they kind of had like a glaze on them. Yeah. If they tasted a little dry, it's because I took one ingredient out for you. Oh, you took out mayo? I took the mayo out for you. I mean, I'm fine with like... So you wouldn't... <laughs> Mayo mixed in with stuff. If you would have been okay in that setting. Yeah, like even like you know the, the little uh, veggie salad had some diluted mayo on it. Oh, I didn't it was, see. I didn't even think about that because I didn't make that. Like I'll eat something like that unless it's just super mayo-y. and you know that it's mayo. Well, I'm, I know it's mayo either way, but okay. like okay, let's say like a coleslaw, a real thin coleslaw. I'm fine with that. You'll but, do a thin coleslaw. Yeah, but okay. a, but a but one that's super creamy yeah. and they can just see the how mayo. About, yeah. How about? How about in your coffee? Would you put milk oh. <laughs> in your coffee? Milk, sure. But or, I, sorry, mayo. But I put mayo. No, but I know someone who's who's evil and trying to take over the world and destroy all of us that does that. So Will Levis, former Penn State quarterback, so that's why we can bring it up on this here podcast. On video record, Diabolic, diabolical antichrist is what he is. <laughs> Like, hold up the finger, two fingers crossed. Anyways, for the people that don't know that have lives outside of Twitter and maybe don't see this, Will Levis at the SEC Media Days, I don't know. I don't know the story behind how they caught it. Uh, Maybe he was getting ready for the interviews that morning and he was viewed putting mayonnaise in his coffee as if it was a creamer, mixing it up. And that's how he, quote unquote, enjoyed his coffee. I don't believe it. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. I think he's doing it for attention. But like, it sure looked like it wasn't the first time he did it. It was a. Okay, here's another possibility. Maybe he really likes mayonnaise. And at one point, someone said, if you like it that much, how would you put it in your coffee? And so he did it and he drank it once. That's a really good conspiracy theory. Yeah. As a Penn State fan. I would be happy that Sean Clifford is my quarterback yes. simply because of that video that was released. No doubt about it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he needs an exorcism is what he needs. <laughs> that boy needs an exorcism. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, speaking of media days, the Big Ten media days were this week or whatever you call them in uh, Indy, not Chicago. Yeah. Um, Kevin Warren, he was out and about. <laughs> okay. Talking. He, so he was visible. We saw him. He wasn't just visual. He was giving off that B-D-E. Uh, well, strutting and being proud, understanding that uh, uh, USC and UCLA were a part of the fold. He was excited to talk. Boy, he was out, and he was ready to show his stuff. I mean, maybe he's maybe he's smart, and we give him credit for it. Like, okay, you're in sales. I'm in sales. When you have a huge half... Are you? Do you put yourself out there a little more in meetings? True. And, yeah. And when you're, we're all, do, we're all, we're all guilty of that. When you're doing poorly, you just sit back and you shut up and you sit in the back of the room, right? At meetings. <laughs> that is, uh, that's honestly a great, that's a great analogy right there. That mm-hmm. might be a better analogy than even you thought it was when you first started giving it. It's because, because 
we're all humans here. And when things aren't going well, you, you, you're like, maybe it's a, a, it's better for me to say less at this point to lower the self-incrimination that I could possibly do. Yep. So that's a, that's a really good point. Yep. Um, Got it. and he Got wasn't, it. he wasn't bashful about saying, you know, we're going to add some more teams here. You know, he was, mm. he was saying that, but then also saying, eh, you know, we feel great at where we're at as well. Um, I think this is like the second time I've brought him up recently, but r- shout out to Rick Neuheisel because Kevin Warren got up and talked about why do we need all these bulls? We got too many bulls. We're, we're, we're cheapening the value of a bull by all these bulls. Okay. And it was either moments before or moments after he got up and said, I'd especially like to thank all of the 11 sponsors of big 10 bulls. Oh my Lord. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta sometimes dance on both ti- both sides of the fence when you're a commissioner of a major conference like that. Well, anyway, um, K Dub's I think he's soaking it in right now. Absolutely, and I, you know what, to a certain degree, I don't blame him. Um, that's how that's how it goes in college football these days. I don't like it. We don't have to go down that path again. But that's how it is. Speaking of last last Big Ten media days, there's a lot. There was a lot of stuff to take, but. My other favorite thing <laughs> was Garrett Nelson. Oh, yeah. This Nebraska defensive end from Western, Western Nebraska. You know, the okay. part of Nebraska that most people don't get to because there's not so much out there. Yep. Grew up on a farm. This is a this is a kid that I, I could probably sit. Good old boy. He's Dave a good old boy. Dave yeah. Reddy is. Yep. So Dave Resnan does the interviews with three players for each team, ask some questions. Most of the time he'll ask a question and let all three of them answer it. Um, Travis Volkolek, he answered. Oh my God. I think it was, is it Quentin Newsom? Is yeah. the second, he did a great job answering. And, and the question was, you know, you were so close, you know, you so close to victory so many times. How, how does that feel? You know, and how, what changes can you make to, to get there? Good answer, Travis Volkleg. Good answer, uh, um, Quentin Newsom. And then Garrett, Garrett Nelson goes, yeah, you know, it's like you go to the bar on the weekend and you spend all this time talking to a chick and then her boyfriend comes right at the end and takes her home. Or another, He didn't say boyfriend. He said then another guy comes in and, and takes her home. And, and which, by the way, is a good answer. That's, I can't accuse him. Hey, do we like analogies on this podcast? Yeah, can't accuse him of... <laughs> Of having a bad answer there. Amazing. And the other great part of this is Travis Volkolek's face while he is going through this explanation is like, I, I can't believe he's saying this. I can't believe he's doing it. <laughs> oh, God. It was fantastic. It was great. Hey, way to go. Yeah. Garrett Nelson. Love there it. was more attention to how Scott Frost uh, spoke or didn't speak at the Big Ten media days. That that was my favorite part as far as Nebraska related. It, I mean, it seemed. I, I think of any of it. I think it was the one thing that carried the mo- got the most interest, didn't it? it did like for it. did for me. Yeah. Anyways, all right. So let's get into the four team podcast. We got Ohio State, we got Wisconsin, we got Maryland, and we got Northwestern. So obviously, two from the east, two from the west. First up, the 2022 Ohio State Buckeyes. Shout out uh, to Mister Ohio. Help me out with some knowledge that's a little bit past the magazines. 
Thank you, Pick 6 Previews. Thank you, Athlon, by the way. They're obviously a huge part of this. Mr. Ohio, by the way, great follow on Twitter for uh, not just Ohio State stuff, but he's a Big Ten guy, too. Uh, last five years, 56-7. and seven, That's an 89% winning percentage. Come on, Ohio State. You can't get over the 90% mark. Technically, that's a B plus. That is, isn't it? That's not good enough. Wow. Which... Uh, uh, Ryan Day kind of alluded to. He did, didn't he? Yeah, he said 11 and 2, not good enough. Might be good in other places. Pretty thinly veiled shot across the bow to the Michigan Wolverines. <laughs> I think so, yeah. I think. I think so. Uh, anyways, 89%, obviously number one in the Big Ten by a wide margin. Uh, what are we thinking about the current state of the Ohio State Buckeyes? <laughs> well, obviously the current state is pretty good. But you do have to... You have to give some criticism. I mean, they they did fail in their ultimate quest last year. I mean, I think they do expect to be in the playoff. They do expect to win the Big Ten. And they want to win national championships. And they kind of got exposed a little bit. So they have things to change, right? Like, they have to get tougher, I think. They- it, so this is, to be completely honest, to a certain degree, Ohio State, there's not much to break down. We, we already know that the offense is amazing. Yeah. And the defense has some issues like that seems to be obvious, but I think you're hitting on the most interesting part of Ohio state, which is Ohio state fans, uh, fair or not have gotten a certain kind of, you know, there's a feeling about amongst Ohio state fans on Twitter and it's, are, are you a Ohio state fan that expects too much and you're spoiled when 11 and 2 with a Rose Bowl win isn't good enough. However, you are bringing up the point, which I think is a good point. There is something that's left to be desired with how it's looked under Ryan Day. Well, I mean, especially when you look at their talent level, they have the kind of talent that can win national championships and can compete for them year in and year out. So when you don't, you do have to reevaluate, which Ryan Day is doing, and he is making changes. Another thing I wonder, like, they, you know, they're so good in the passing game. Now they're bad in the running game. But I wonder, are they focusing too much on the passing game? Like, is that is that the recipe to win the college football playoff? It is, but maybe they go just a touch too far. I may, I don't know. May, and I'm not here. So I looked it up, and I, I was curious. What is their run pass uh, split? And actually, it's 54 to 46 pass to run. It wasn't as I would have guessed it was a That's little a really closer to deep. 60. That's a really good stat dive. Yeah. So it's it's not. It's it's not as big a disparity as it seems when you're watching them. And then it's you, just that they're so damn good when they throw the ball. Yeah, and, and it just sticks out more. I think so. That's really interesting because now I'm sitting here thinking like, you know, LSU two years ago, uh, Alabama. You know, what was their run pass ratio? Because the the explosion of offense that has pretty much been synonymous with the, the winner of the college football playoff. Yeah. It is around the passing game. It's yeah, been like, that I for guess four so. Years. I mean, in that sense, it is the right recipe, but I don't know. Yeah. Like, you, like you need to help out your defense too, which is where they've struggled the last couple of years. Yeah. My brain's going a hundred different directions. Now. I mean, that's, I'm that's not really... saying he's doing it wrong. I'm just questioning. I'm throwing these things. No, out. no. I mean, obviously Ryan day has done an amazing job. I mean, it's not easy to take over for Urban Meyer. He is a wildly successful coach, won national championships. I'm just saying, I think we both agree Urban Meyer's done, or uh, uh, excuse me, Ryan Day has done a great job, but it, it's an interesting part of the conversation. The, the, the stats from last year, total offense, 
number one, 562 yards a game. Scoring offense, number one, 46 points per game. Total defense, 59th, 373 yards a game. Interesting. Second year in a row, they were 59th. They were 59th Mm. the year before. That's inter- that's very interesting. Scoring defense a little bit better at 38th. So uh, we'll start with the offense because it's it's pretty obvious. Um, I, I will say this: like we are going on the fifth year of a Ryan Day offense being a it's a video game offense. Five years in a okay, row. Okay. Well, so I, that got me thinking. I was thinking about the same thing. How far do you have to go back to find an offense that wasn't dynamic in the passing game? Yeah. I mean, I guess you could say some of the JT Barrett years weren't great, but it was still JT Barrett. I threw over 100 touchdown passes. So I had I went back to 2011. Joe Bowserman was the starter for the first five games or so. Is, but that's is that tr- that's Trestle area era. I think that's that would be Trestle. that would be end of Trestle or towards the end of Trestle. I'm not sure, but um but then Braxton Miller came in and took over at some point in that season, who was a really dynamic player. Maybe they didn't have the greatest passing offense. I didn't look up the stats. I probably should have done that. But you have to. that's how far you have to go back to find even a quarterback that didn't overwhelm. Yeah, college how, football. How did, and, and by the way, if you go from him like to Barrett and Cardell Jones was in there and we had uh, Haskins and then we had uh, uh, Fields and now Stroud, is he put up better numbers than all of them. How do they keep getting better? It's just amazing. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's... You have to, everybody just assumes the Ohio State offense, and I get it. But every now and then you have to sit and pause and say, but every other team in college football has a chance to be this good at offense. Ohio State has done it. They just keep doing it. I know. I was thinking about it more in terms since Ryan Day has been the OC, which to me is like kind of in with the Haskins year where they just exploded in the the throw game. Mm -hmm. Anyways, it's incredible. I don't know what to say. What more we can say about C.J. Stroud? He's either 1A or 1B for quarterback in the country with with, uh, Bryce Young. Um, The wide receivers, I mean, it's almost comical at this point. JSN, I do think... Is the was the most talented receiver even last year? It prob I think he might have been. Yeah, I, I that's not a crazy. No, I don't think it's crazy. And we saw it in the, the Rose Bowl. And then yeah, now you got Marvin Harrison Jr. who looks great. You got Julian Fleming who looks great. Amika Ekbuka looks great. There's more behind. Double e, by the way, I like e. that. Yep. That's even better. Yep. But okay, going back to what I was kind of saying, they they do have good running backs, right? Uh, Travion Henderson, we all know, but I mean Mayan Williams, and they've got. Escapes me now, but they got a third running back too. They've got they've got a spare and a pair, easily. Okay, remember Trey Sermon when he really got it going at the end of the twenty season was the twenty season. Yep. Don't didn't that was the most confident I've felt about an Ohio State offense. A great point. So that's what I want to see more of. Can we can we get a more physical running game going and and lean on that a little more? You know who I think agrees with you? Who's that? Ryan Day, which is why he fired his offensive line coach. Okay. That. I think you just nailed the reason why um, uh, the offensive line has changed. So Justin Fry has come in from UCLA, very well thought of offensive line coach. I think that's what the thought process is in the games that they lost. Oregon and Michigan, obviously, could have lost Utah. You know, I think it's a type of situation where they want the offense to physically take control of the game more because there's something with 
it being more of a agile offensive line as opposed to a power offensive line. Okay. There's just a form of nastiness that I don't think is there. I think that's what Ryan Day is going after with going after Justin Fry. All right. Fair enough. I think we can figured I, it out. Can I nitpick real quick? Let's pick some nits. Okay. Is it possible that the wide receiver crew will miss Chris Olave because he was that glue guy? The elder statesman? Is there anything there? Am I just grasping at straws? No, they'll be fine. Okay. Tight ends. This is completely green and new tight end room. They did run a lot of 11 personnel. That was what they ran out of a lot. But you still have to have the throw game threat. It's just something that they, that is the That's one. That's fair. But I mean, I think that was a criticism last year. They didn't use okay. the tight ends a lot last year, okay. at least in the passing game. Yeah. But, but they still got to be present because I, or either that or Day's got to make some sort of, you know, change. Like, okay, we're going to go with a lot of, of, uh, Actually, it would be 11 personnel, excuse me, when it's just one tight end, one running, running back. Running back, yeah. yeah. Um, maybe that's what they're going out of more because they just don't think they have two tight ends. It'll be something interesting. Like I said, picking nets. Okay, switching over to the defense. 4-2-5 defense. Um, Jim Knowles comes over. I can't tell <laughs> by reading Ohio State fans, okay? And what I'm saying is, and it's not just Ohio State fans. It's all of college football fans and talkers they have just completely forgotten about how much this defense has struggled uh and it wasn't just like at one point in the season it didn't do well versus michigan and it didn't do well oregon rose bowl oregon don't forget about oregon i'm just saying like that was at the beginning of the year okay so the defense looked better at times throughout the year Mm -hmm. but in the big games which i would say they did not look good okay or which would be oregon but michigan and the rose bowl yeah the, the offense and JSN bailed them out to yes, get the win. For sure. If, like, people talk about bowls don't matter. If they would lo- have lost the Rose Bowl to finish 9-3, and three, right? It would have been 9-3, right? Or it would have been 10-3. Uh, and, ten, ten and, ten would there be more angst at the defense, but because they won the Rose Bowl and because Jim Knowles has gotten hired, it's like it's all been swept under the rug with the defense. Yeah, I, th- I don't think you can. Maybe that's true. Maybe it has been swept under the rug. Maybe, well, I mean, it, it does feel like everyone's just assuming it's going to be fixed. Okay, that, and I think that was the second point. Is that what's going on? Is everybody assumes it's going to be fixed under Jim Knowles? I mean, I I guess I'm falling into that. You are. Whatever was wrong, I feel you like. You know it took some time at Ohio State, right? I For feel that like, defense. Hear, hear me out. Whatever's wrong. I feel like Jim knows how to fix it. <laughs> you, you're gonna take a stab at the at the dad jokes, huh? You got you got it last time, so this 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 week is mine, man. <laughs> okay, <laughs> took me caught me off guard there. Um, but okay, I know, but, but but do you have you heard the naysayer view on? I mean, it took like two three years for Jim Knowles to really get Oklahoma State going. Okay. With that being said. One can assume he probably didn't have as much talent at Oklahoma State as he does Ohio State. So maybe that's the thing. So we'll start with the defensive line. So Zach Harrison has never really gone nuclear no. at, at defensive line. I think he's, at this point, just a really good rotational starter. I think it's J2, JT Tuamalo and Jack Sawyer. That is who we are looking at to be the next Bosa Chase Young type of guys. 
Yeah, I think so. But also, this is, I think everyone can agree, this is probably one of the better defensive lines in in the conference, don't you think? Oh, let's see. Athlon has got Ohio State first on the defensive line. Uh, Pick six previews has Ohio State's defensive line second. I mean, my my prediction is that by the end of the year, we're all going to agree that they're the best one. And if that's the case, Jim Knowles and this defense will be just fine. That's his kind of as simple as I can make it. Is that fair? Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. I guess maybe maybe I'm guilty of what you're accusing. I just I feel like they're going to be okay. You might have made me feel guilty. Just what you kind of talked through with there. With that being said, the linebackers. It doesn't even matter. I don't think if they're if their defensive line is playing as well as I, they can. It doesn't even matter. It, it matters, but I, I know it's been a, a sore spot for them recently. They, they can, let me say this: Can I make a dramatic statement? Yeah, this is the three-year worst run of linebacking talent and performance by Ohio State since I've been a human. Okay, you just changed my mind. You're right because it has been bad, and and it, it and it sti- showed at times. It sticks out in games. It sticks in, out in in hat hat on hat or really effective zone running schemes where yeah. you need a linebacker that's sifting through and making plays. There's times when the linebackers, look they're gone. Com- they're out of the TV. Absolutely. So it's got to be better. Yes, it I'm does. not saying right. it's got to be fantastic. Steel chambers has to step up. Tommy Eichenberg has to step up. If they don't five-star linebacker, CJ Hicks has to step up or somebody has to step up in that play. So I think what we're saying here doesn't need to be amazing. has to be better. DBs. Kind of along the same lines. Doesn't it seem like it's been way too long since there's been an obvious top 10 draft pick that's coming out of the Ohio State defensive backfield? You think it does feel long. It feels too long. It feels too long, Which, by the way, it's probably been three years. It's probably been three years, I know. But that alone makes it feel like... So if there's somebody that's going to do it, I do think it would be quarterback Denzel Burke. Yep. True freshman last year, I believe, or first year starting either way. He got really good at the end of the year. He needs to keep ascending, which I can definitely see happening. Here's one reason I'm really confident that the defense is going to take a big step up. They return 82% of their production which is the most in the Big Ten on the defensive side of the ball and is 13th in the country. So basically it was young guys that weren't being coordinated very well by the previous defensive coordinator. I, I think so. And now we have a little bit older guys being coordinated by a very talented defensive coordinator. Yeah, and, and I think it probably took him a little longer at Oklahoma State because there wasn't the talent there. You got talent for days. Yep. There's no reason he shouldn't. they shouldn't take a step up this year. Safety Josh Proctor, going to be good. Uh Transfer from Ohio State, Tanner McAllister. Oklahoma I think, State. Oklahoma State, excuse me. He's going to be a big part of it. And then in their 4-2-5 scheme, mm-hmm. their nickel slash cash guy, yeah. you know what it's called? The adjuster. The adjuster? How cool is that's that? That's what they call it? The adjuster. Wow, that's and that, interesting. And that'll be Ronnie Hickman, who people are pretty high on. Huh. I'm just saying that's a cool name. That is a cool name. Like, I, I want to be the adjuster. <laughs> Is that, not like me. I'm old and feeble. Is it like if, he's he's out there adjusting spines by just trucking people? It's a great way of putting it. Adjusting the defense to the right coverage. Huh, the adjuster. It reminds me of The Operator. Right. You know that book, The Operator? Yeah. Robert O'Neill, the yeah. guy that actually shot Osama bin Laden. He wrote a book. And he the book is called The Operator. The he operator. was the operator. Okay. Um, like if you're out at the, the bar, you know, like Garrett Nelson. And they're, oh, you're on the team. What position you play? You just pause. And you look steely-eyed and say, adjuster. I'm the adjuster. Ooh, 
You got the pipes going yes. for that one. Good job. Uh, by the way, place kicker Noah Ruggles, Harry Potter name, by the way. Mm-hmm. He was amazing last year. He comes back. Yep, he's back. They have a punter, just so you know. They do. <laughs> you know, I didn't even remember his he's name. Actually, pretty good. Yeah, Jesse Murko. He's coming back. I didn't. <laughs> they just. Don't I had to look them. it up. I'm like, yeah, I guess I kind of remember his name. I don't. Maybe I don't know. All right, looking at the schedule. All right, this is a tough schedule. Amazing thing, big game boomer. Okay. Got me. He drug me into a Ohio State tweet. There were Florida State fans making fun of Ohio State schedule. What? I'm not making this up. I mean, Notre Dame to start the year, Wisconsin at Michigan State, Iowa at Penn State. You know, I'm going to throw at Maryland out there, Michigan. These. This is a tough schedule. Yeah, I, I mean, I, like, th- how much tougher does it have to get? To get respect out of Big Ten country, they pull probably the the one and number one and number two, you know, kind of consensus. If you look at everyone's guesses in the West, number one and two, and then okay, they travel to Northwestern, and I guess you could say okay, they get Wisconsin and Iowa at home, but no, there's nothing easy about this schedule. Well, I mean, the easy, I'll say this: they, it is tough teams that they set up as well as they could on their schedule. They they get Notre Dame at home, yeah. They get okay. uh, Michigan State after Rutgers. They get Iowa after an idle week. Penn State right after Iowa. That's a little uh, sneaky. Well, so, the- so it sets up well, although they are playing tough teams. Okay, and they do go at Northwestern, Indiana, at Maryland before Michigan. Right. So they can, you know, right. the idea is they can kind of coast through those three. Biggest but, I mean, game. I guess so. I, you, I'm just going to go Michigan. I mean, you, you have to, right? It, revenge game this year. Yeah. The, right? Their own way. You have to go Michigan. Okay. Curb stop. Ooh, I feel bad for Indiana looking at that one. They get okay. Indiana at home. Okay. That's going to be a stomper. Indiana is the obvious stomper. I'm just going to foreshadow. Biggest game, curb stomp, scariest game, all Michigan. Oh, I kind of like that. I want Michigan for scariest game, too, because if you, you lose, you lose two in a row, and especially the way they got out physical last year, the way they got pushed around, if that happens again, yikes. But it's yet gonna you be could meltdown in C-Bus. Meltdown in C-Bus. Yeah. But yet, if it goes how so many people are saying, yeah. and then they just destroy Michigan, I, I thought this was the rare time that Michigan could be the candidate for each one of those. It, yeah. That's, and I let's like be it. honest, eight of these teams could, every one of these teams could be a curb stomp team. Yes. That, I think that's fair to say. I would say, by the way, Notre Dame, a bit scary. I'm just saying, a little scary. Starting, but starting I can, the year, I could also see it being a curb stomp. Yeah, absolutely. Over under eleven wins. Ah, uh, yeah. So this one, okay. So you got you do have the bookends of Notre Dame and Michigan, and you do have those two big powers from the West. So it's hard to go over. And if you have to pick one, I'm going under. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm going, going under. I'm going under. Yeah. I hate it. Don't I don't like li- it. I don't like it. Not touching this one either way. No way. But. I just don't feel that great about saying for sure that they're going to go 12 and all. I right. think 11 seems perfect. Uh, yeah, so 10 wins seems more likely than 12, but if you had to point a gun at my head and and say how many wins, I'd probably say 11. 11. It would be like 90% chance it's at 11 yeah. with like 6% chance at 10 and 4% chance at right. 12. Yep. That about right. Yes. Okay. All right, moving over to the West. West, we are going with the 2022 Wisconsin Badgers. I'm just kidding. It's Wisconsin. It's an I, people. Shout out to my guy, Supercrawl. He gave me some amazing information. Last five years, 
44 and 17, which is second in the Big Ten. So we just had the number one wow. winning team in the Big Ten. This is number two winning team in the Big Ten. Yes, I know Michigan State and Penn State fans. Part of the reason that they're number two, I guess, is that they play in the West. That's what those fan bases will say when mm-hmm. they hear that. Yes, correct. Part of, of the course. Um, anyways, how we feel about the current state of the Wisconsin Badgers? Obviously, I mean, not not that much unlike Ohio State. You got to feel good about the Badgers. Very high achieving program. However, you, yeah, I have this idea in my head that they're just dominating the West, and just every year it's Badgers, Badgers, Badgers. But they've only won one out of the last four West titles. They have not been dominating like like it seems. Like if you know, you listen to all these pundits preseason. Everybody is picking Wisconsin just because it's Wisconsin. I, I don't know. I and and they did show some some chinks in the armor, and they have. I mean, over those four years, they've shown chinks. They had one year that was kind of actually down. Right? Was it twenty nineteen? Yeah. yeah, 20, yeah. No, 2018. It's one year where down-ish. we thought they would be great, yep. and they, they went under. And they were just okay. Hey, not not all of the pundits, because Ryan Burns is very, very much questioning okay. why Wisconsin. And and I forwarded him a, a interview with Tom Deanhart where he was asked, why did you pick Wisconsin? He's like, ah, they're just, you know, the default pick. Yeah. So that pretty Which, much... How, how many people in the media... That is 100% of the reason why they've picked Wisconsin to be the winner of the division. I mean, yes, although I hate that you called out Tommy Deanhart because I love him. Tom does a great job. I didn't mean to call him out. That's just the one interview that popped into my head, so I I didn't mean it like that. But then also, like, they had their chance last year to win the West, and they blew it against, uh, granted, a good Minnesota team. But they've shown some faults here, and and we're going to get into some of those. But So so I have questions. Absolutely. I I think we're going to get into the questions at the same time. Let's get into a lot of compliments. But last year... This is one of another one of the teams that are completely opposite from one side of the ball to the other. Starting on the good side, total defense first, two hundred and thirty-nine yards. Unbelievable. <laughs> when you break it down, think about it. If you allow a hundred yards passing, that's only allowing a hundred or hundred hundred yards rushing. That's only allowing a hundred and thirty-nine yards passing. And I'm trying to think of like a game where they did give up like 400 or something. Can you imagine like taking it? What's their high? Take it out of there. Right. Even lower. Oh, my Lord. I mean, you, you even look at like the Notre Dame game. It wound up with a lot of points for Notre Dame. It wasn't because of their defense. Right. They turned the ball over. And yeah. Were, uh, scoring defense fourth, 16 points per game. Then you switch over to the other side. 88th in total offense. 85th in scoring offense we know that's where it's at do you want to start offense or yeah, defense? start offense okay so um i i guess i the one thing i would say is that like people have forgotten the good wisconsin offenses it, it's not like it's so deep in history like do you do you remember the timely a wisconsin passing game on sure. third and down and you know then all of a sudden they would rip out a play auction on second down you're like Oh God! They just hit that play. I'm just saying, like, if Wisconsin has a better offense this year, it's not like we've never seen this before. But no. it has been down for three or four years now. It's been a tick, and it's not like they ever had these dynamic quarterbacks pitching it all over the field. Right. That was never their thing. It was just you know running to set up the pass and vice versa. So we. But effective, like effective though, yes. I mean, even when they didn't have a good quarter back, they're usually effective still, which 
We haven't I, seen I just, that. I feel like there's this thing where people act like this has been the Wisconsin offense forever. No, no, no. Wisconsin no. offenses used to be yeah. way more And dynamic. so now they bring in Bobby Engram. So is this the magic potion to get things moving? I'm I'm a little skeptical. I am skeptical I mean, with this offensive coordinator. Hire. He's been in the NFL for eight years now, I think. And, okay, so maybe we're trying to bring in some NFL concepts, spice it up a little bit, but it's not the NFL. Is that the is that the solution? I don't know. Or is it a deal where Paul Christ is is actually the offensive coordinator yeah, and he be. needs an offensive mind to bounce things off of as he's building the game plan during the week? Could be it. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay, so then you start with Graham Mertz. Okay, wow. People are mad about Mertz online. It's like that guy owes people money online. Right. So like- I, I got a Scarface quote for you. Relax. Take it easy. You're getting too upset. That's how I feel about how people react to Glenn. So, well, it's like, it, it's rival fans. Don't you want him to be, right, <laughs> to be right, bad? Right, right. It's so weird to and, me. And by the way, he was really bad early in the season, but he turned it around. Once the once the running game got going last year, he improved quite a bit. He was he was not winning games for them, but he was playing good football. Good. I would say he didn't turn it around. He stopped hurting his team. Okay, that, that's probably fair. But Pick 6 Previews did a great job of this in the Wisconsin yep, yep. section. Red. He talks about the turnaround. And if you look at his stats in the second half of the year, like it was efficient. It was just efficient. It was more Wisconsin Wisconsin quarterbacky. So I just point. want him to hand off complete passes to the tight end and the running back. And just let's just start there. Just take the available plays, I think, is what you're saying. Yes, correct. Yeah. And um, don't throw deep over the middle. Don't ever do that for the rest of your career. Yeah. And Stop. Just stop. And I think basically he was trying to force the ball into two guys, which was who are not there Correct. anymore. Um, by the way, we have season 19 year old Braylon Allen. Are you sure he's 19? I thought he was no, because he was 17 last year. Oh, he's 18. My he's bad. 18. He's only yeah. You're get, what are you what doing? doing? You're what am I doing? You're here? fudging what a year. Do I got a do I got a Big Ten podcast? Dude's, I'm sorry, dude's three years away from drinking still. Season vet, season 18-year-old vet, vet Braylon Allen. Um, behind him, we got Che Louis, who is good, but not great. Yeah, but... He was hurt last year. That's what I'm wondering. How Did we not see the real Che Louis last year? I don't think we did, but I also don't think even the most robust Che Louis is great. We need Braylon Allen to stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, Br- Braylon Allen is your great back. He's your other back. Can I take a? Can I make a big statement here? Uh, it, um, step out. This is a whole whole pro, uh, 2022 Badger statement. Okay. Okay. The most the things that get me most excited if I'm a Badger fan are Braylon Allen and the Wisconsin defense. The things that scare me the most is Braylon Allen and the Wisconsin defense. Hmm. Because if Braylon Allen goes it's, down, yeah, this is a different team. I don't see much here. Well, you know what it is. It's first half of the season. Wisconsin is what it's what they become, which was one in three. It was bad, and it didn't it didn't even look good. And the defense the explanation from the offensive I'll, side, yes. And the defensive explanation I'll get to. But what happens if this isn't a two hundred and thirty nine yards per game defense? I think okay. we, it's safe to say it's not going to be a two hundred thirty nine okay. yards. We'll get to that. All right, wide receivers, tight ends are a major concern. Wide receivers, they they basically. Super crawls best. One of the things that he said was basically like, essentially, it can't get any worse than wide receivers were. I agree with him in the fact that just three new bodies. Let's take a chance. 
because the mm-hmm. wide receiver production that they were getting was bad. Yeah, I mean, so right now it looks like Shamiri DK and a bunch of youngsters that we don't know anything about. And transfers. Ke- uh, Keontes Lewis, the okay. UCLA transfer, Skylar Bell. That's essentially somebody has got to take a step up out of that group. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, merch needs help. Merch needs help. That I kind of am like, I am on a Spencer Petras, Zach Mertz, like, can we be Graham a Mertz. little, Graham Mertz, can we be a little bit nicer to these guys? Like, I'm sitting here looking at it from them and their family's point of view. Yeah, like, I mean, I don't think I'm being... It's like they're evil humans. I'm not talking you. <laughs> okay. I'm talking, I'm talking Twitter-verse. I mean, it. when I say he needs help, I'm I, I'm, I'm kind of defending him. Men, I was agreeing with your yeah. de- defense right there. One of the ways that they can defend is the, the offensive line improving. Okay, can I give a direct quote from Supercrawl's write-up? Because it's so good. Let's hear it. So, O-line, I love me some good O-line play. I'm from Wisconsin. I thirst for it more than whole milk or domestic beers. <laughs> okay, so what does he think about the O-line? Because they got okay. three returning starters. Three returning starters. So he he is readily available to admit that the offensive line play, when you compare it to what you expect yeah. out of Wisconsin, has been well below where it should be. But we got a savior in our midst. Okay. And his name is Bob Bostad, okay. who used to be the offensive line coach under Beetle, switched and has been coaching the linebackers who have looked yep. pretty good. Okay. Now he switches back to the OL because Paul Christ is like, I'm sorry, Mad Genius. You did great at the linebackers. I need you back to fix this offense. And when when he was coaching offensive line before, those were like the glory days of Wisconsin offensive line play, weren't they? We are talking three-star guys that wound up first and second rounders, and that's what Bob Bostad yeah. did. I compared him to Reese Morgan, the mad scientist yeah. coach that used to coach at Iowa. Bob Bostad being back to coach the offensive line is a gigantic deal. With that being said, I really feel good about center Joe Tipman. After that, we have got a guard switching to tackle, a tackle going to guard, guys going from the left side to the right side. I don't know how it's going to work out. There is a lot of guys that are expected to be good offensive linemen. Now it's up to Bostad to make them good. Wisconsin offensive lineman. Yeah, I mean it's it's time. If you want to reclaim the West, it's it's time. That's yeah. where you start. That's where you go. Yeah. Yep. Run the ball, lean on people. Switching over the defense. I mean, is it possible that this will not be a top ten defense? Did you know that they're ninety fourth in the country in returning production on the defensive side of the ball? It's as low as it gets. Essentially. I mean, it, so the assumption is always it's Keanu Benton and and uh um, forgetting the Nick name. Nick right? Yep, Nick Herbig, and a bunch of people that they're expecting to step up. I, I You just assume that the defense is going to be elite. You do. I have to predict this year that they're not going to be elite. Where do you predict? Okay, uh, we're talking yardage, or are we talking Yeah, points? like total defense, rank 1 to 130. I'm going to say 28. Holy buckets. You're going that low. I think so, yeah. See, I thought it, I was thinking I was going to make a bold statement to say they were going to finish outside the top twelve. I I, I don't think they're going to be that good. Really? I mean, I would set the over under at twelve. So okay. you go way over. I'm going over. Yeah, I don't. Well, I I'm going that, over too. I I thought I thought you would think. My gut feeling is that you thought I was going to be setting that too high, but I mean, how much? We know Jimmy Leon Hard does a great job coordinating, but. 
But Mr. Bostad, dude, I'm this big believer now in Bob Bostad. The fact that he's not coaching linebackers okay. anymore. Okay. Okay, so that's part of it. For that's you. part of it, yeah. 28th. Okay, I'm going to go 94. like I'm going to go 17th. Okay. I'm, okay. I'm going 28th. Do we want to make a friendly wager here? Do it's you just... want to make a... Okay, <laughs> These it's going to go well for you. It's going to be a bottle of of Amador. Okay. The Chardonnay. All right. Okay. Be specific. And so whoever's closest between 17th and 28th. And we're talking total defensive yards by the end total of the defense. year. Total defense. Total defense by yards. And yep. and if it's if it's right in the middle, then it's just a wash. Then we both get each other okay. a bottle. So, okay, oh, there you go. Even I'm better. I kind of hope it's right Okay, so I'm, I'm writing this down because okay. i got to take the note. 20... I'm at 28th. I'm 17th. This is Kurt. Yep. And Greek is 17th in total yards. Total, total defense by yards. Okay. Okay. Now, switch to the D-line. Keanu Benton has the potential to maybe be one of, if not the best defensive lineman in the Big Ten. Hmm. Okay. That good. Okay. When he flashes, he's incredible. He's got to be consistently good. And I think Keanu Benton knows that. That's why he didn't go in the draft. I think that's... That's why we still have him on the team. Otherwise, the production would be even lower. Outside of him, they run the 3-4. I'm going to be completely honest with you. It's just big, milky Wisconsin bodies that they're going to put around Keanu Benton. They're going to be fine. I think they'll be fine. We need Keanu Benton to be – we need him to be elite. He just – he needs another Ryan Burns quote. The best ability is availability. He he needs to be – like Keanu Benton on defense – Braylon Allen on offense, they are both the dual linchpins of Wisconsin getting back, getting to Indy, and it's not even close, in my opinion. Okay. In the two deep on defense, they've got three returning starters. I, It's a thing. It's a thing that needs to be discussed. Yep. That I feel like people aren't. I, so I've, I've got questions. I, 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 there has been chatter. Um, we know we've got a really good... Uh, uh, returning linebacker with Nick Herbig. Yeah, I think he he could potentially be even better. Um, uh, Jordan Turner is definitely a name. He has flashed. His athletic ability is incredible. Tate Grass uh, gets. There's a a, a guy. Um, I'm gonna screw up his name. Um, um, Miami Nagometa. So I'm just gonna call him Eminem. Oh, I like that. Okay, because yeah. I can't. I just proved that I can't. Spencer Lytle, Caden Johnson. These are all of the guys that everybody just assumes is going to mix together to make a fierce linebacking crew. I think it will be a very good linebacking crew. They will attack. I'm just interested to see if it's a linebacking crew that every now and then can get creased in the passing game hmm. a little bit, a little bit one-dimensional linebacking crew. I So I think for them to maintain a Tommy... Len Hard, did you say? Leon Hard. Leon Hard. Tommy Leon Hard type of defense. Your guy, Keanu Benton, has to be elite. And I think Nick Herbig also has to be elite. Elite. And then the guys around him have to stay healthy and develop. Yeah. Those two have to stay healthy so everybody around them can develop. Defensive backs, I'm going to call them the all-new crew. This is completely new. Defensive backs. Not a single returning starter in the 2D. So, I mean, Torchio, great name. Um, in Wooler, they are, I think you could technically call them returning starters. Okay. Um, but after that, I mean, we've got guys from Utah. We got guys from UCLA. We got guys from Kentucky. We got guys from Toledo. Toledo. They just went out in the portal and grabbed people to say, please we, help out our defense. We need bodies. We need bodies. This is not a good matchup for Ohio State is something I'm saying. Um, the, here's some goodness. Defensive backs are old. Yeah. 
Okay. So I've got questions. Okay. There, there's, we feel that this is a solid team, but there are questions. Mm-hmm. Special teams should be pretty good. Not great, but we think they should be pretty good. It's it's not very often that Wisconsin special teams aren't pretty solid. No, they're usually solid. So they they bring back Andy uh, Vunovic, punter, and they did bring in a JC transfer, Vito Calvaruso, to do the kicking this year. There you go. Okay, looking at the schedule, they go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight weeks until they get their idle week. That's pretty deep idle week. Oh, that is pretty deep. deep. Pretty deep idle week, I think. Oh, and then, by the way, it's a four-game kick that is pretty interesting. Um, Biggest game, I think this is pretty obvious, but I'll let you answer. Yeah, it has to be Minnesota. They really spoiled your season last year. you got to get them back. you got to get the axe back. I mean, they've lost the axe two two out of the three years. Yeah, I think that's right. 2019, they got it. 2020, that was a really good game, by the way. Wisconsin kind of had to come from behind to, to take that game. Hold on. So, yeah, I think that is a game that they're going to put at the very top. Scariest game, I think you could put Minnesota in there. Because if you lose that, you have suddenly now lost the axe. Yeah. Three out of four years. I mean, I went with Iowa because Iowa finally got them last year. No. Wisconsin won. Yeah, you're thinking 2020. Oh, okay. Yeah. hmm. So, scariest game, Minnesota. You know know who I was going to throw out there? Illinois. After... Ohio State. That's not a bad one. Now it's in Camp Randall. Illinois just went there three years ago. Just, just saying, you know, maybe you got your dauber down a little bit. Kind of looking ahead to your nemesis, Northwestern. I'm just saying, Illinois kind of got them in a good spot right there. Not bad. Okay. Curb stomp. I have Maryland. I have Maryland as well. Yeah. Coming off the of idle week. Not idle a good week matchup. At home. Maryland. The Terps. Yeah. Type of deal. Although, yeah. you know, I don't know. Maryland could do a little damage in that game, based you on what we so? just said. Yeah, with their passing game, with this defensive backfield. Wow! But I'm still going to go Maryland and curb stop. Okay. All yeah. right. So the over under is set at nine. Boy. So they do have three pretty easy non conference games. They should emerge three and zero. Illinois State, Washington State, New Mexico State, trio of states in there. But they're at Ohio State. They're at Michigan State. So basically, to do to get nine wins, they got to go six and three in conference, assuming they win those other three. Right. I think they can do that, but I'm. This is such a good one. I'm. I'm straddling. I'm not even sure it's which a, way it's to go. A straddle for you. Okay. I mean, so, I think I'm gonna go Ohio think, State. Think, Ohio State. I think I have enough questions that I'm gonna go under. Okay. Ohio State's a big question mark for me. Minnesota, Iowa, Purdue, Michigan State can all get them. Now they're not gonna lose to all of those teams. I hear you with the straddle, but if you're putting a gun, proverbial gun, up to my head, okay, I'm going under as well. You're going under as well? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't feel – it's a lot like the Ohio State 11 line. Yeah. I don't feel confident one way or the other, but just a skosh more confident yeah. for the under. The Eyes on Big Podcast is sponsored by the Amador Whiskey Company. Our unique process takes the highest quality Kentucky bourbon – and finishes in California wine barrels. This double barrel aging technique creates characteristics from the individual barrels that are blended together to make an exceptional whiskey. Perfect sip neat or in your favorite bourbon cocktail, Amador is the perfect go-to this fall on game day. Amador Whiskey Company, born in Kentucky, raised in California, and we move on to the last two teams on the podcast. Next up, the 2022 Maryland Terrapins. Shout out to my guy, John Vandy, new friend of the podcast. We sometimes have questioned the 
availability of Maryland football fans. Yeah. I tell you what, we got one here with John Vandy. He did an excellent job breaking things down. Last five years, 21 and 33. That's a 39% winning percentage, 12th in the Big Ten. Last year, though, 7 and 6. Bit of a breakthrough for our guy Locks. What you thinking about the current state of the Maryland Terrapins? You know, call me crazy. I get some good feels right now from Maryland. There's some good feels. Yeah, there's some reason to be excited. I, I mean, we're gonna get it. We're gonna get into it. I don't want to put it all out here right away, but I have some good feels. Not great feels, but I'm feeling a lot better about Locks right now than I did when he was hired. I feel a lot better about Locks than I did the first couple of years. He's shown me a couple things. He has. Um, by the way, just get him getting interviewed uh, at Big Ten Network. Also, it was a good representation of Maryland and Locks himself. He mm-hmm. did a good job. Um, I got a sense of why recruits like him. Sure. So I think that's a big part of it. Um, we need to kind of even things out. You know, this is, I don't know if this is going to tick Maryland people off because I kind of mean it as a compliment, but this is like Ohio State. This is like Diet Ohio State here. Really good offense. Not so sure about the defense. I don't think we want to use the word diet around locks, do we? (laughs) Maybe we should use the term. (laughs) Okay. Oh, God, now Maryland fans are going to hate us again. That was Kurt. That wasn't me. I would say the same thing about Beetle. Yes, yes, you would. Yes. Yes, See, that's fair. Uh, Looking at the stats from last year, total offense, 32nd total defense, 85th. Okay, so we need to kind of maybe keep the offense right where it's at, improve upon it, get the defense back a little bit. What's what's one way you can do that? You do have a lot of returning starters. Oh, boy. I mean, they haven't missed much. I mean, uh, Chigan Conquo is a tight end and a receiver that we liked a lot. Nick Cross was an incredible safety for them, but there's not a lot gone from last year's seven and sixteen. Okay, let's, if we're just looking at the offense, eighty-three percent of the production returns. That's eighteenth in the country. Yeah, that and and this is a, that was a Good pretty offense. effective offense last year. So I get so what I try to do is do my little mini deep dives and then reach out to an insider and say, "Tell me what I don't know," and like. I think what John did was reinforce the stuff that I felt good about, but maybe even make me feel a little bit better about it. And then kind of kept me kind of at the stuff that I'm, I didn't feel so good about. We'll start on the offense. Tulia, who, by the way, everybody calls him Leah. Yep. So we can call him Leah because it's easier to pronounce. We know Leah is good. I'm kind of thinking maybe Leah is very, very good quarterback. Yeah, the thing we we talked about right before we hit record tonight is how he had eleven inter, or yeah eleven ints last year, but five of them came against Iowa. I mean, the guy had a really good statistical year last year, and I think four of them were in the second half. Okay, so if you just take the second half of the Iowa game, and like John pointed out, he saw one of his if not his best receivers go down, probably yeah. freaked him out. A little bit, yeah. you know, like, and then he started forcing balls. He still set all kinds of Maryland passing records. And we've got, by the way, really sneaky good quarterback history at Maryland. Yeah. I know he didn't throw the ball sure. as much back in the day, but he he is a very good quarterback. I, I, I am guilty of, when I've seen him in publications of being listed as the number two quarterback, second team All-Big Ten, I was kind of like, 
somebody else is going to be up there. But then you look a little bit deeper and you're like, no, I think Leah is the best candidate to be second team all day. I, I mean, it's either him or AOC. Yeah. As the second best. I, 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 you could probably, yeah, uh, switch those two out. And why do we feel good? Rakeem Jarrett, Ooh. very good. Dante Demas is who we saw go out with injury in the Iowa game. Word is newly uh, confirmed word. He's good. Good. He's going to, he's going to play in camp. And then again, I, I, I keep saying, but shout out to John, uh, um, Jacob Copeland, who yep. was the leading receiver for the Florida Gators I mean, this is amazing. last year. This is amazing. This is now in this receiving core. Don't forget Jayshon Jones. Jayshon Jones. Who, Jayshon Jones was the guy who just absolutely lit up Texas back back in the day. They've got a pretty talented tight end in Corey Deitches, Like, <laughs> And don't forget, Marcus Fleming was a highly recruited right, guy. Right, right. The transfer from Nebraska. And I guess they really like Ty Felton is another name to look out for. This, this wide receiver room is jam-packed with talent. And I think you can say it is the clear number two best wide receiver room in the conference. In Ohio State. I mean, it's a hard number one and a hard number two. I don't know why they can't do as much or better than they did last year in the passing game. But maybe they could. Because there was some injuries. Oh, I know. And they so just, but they if were, these guys can stay healthy. I don't know why they can't repeat that. Um, offensive line, big part of this. Okay. I, I, w- one thing that I do feel better about now, uh, after my tutelage that I received, the tackles are good. Okay. These are good tackles. Interior line, I still think we got a couple things to figure out there. I think this is more of an agile offensive line than a physical offensive line. Yeah. I don't think this is an offensive line that is going to take over games no. in the rushing attack, but maybe they don't need to because of the aforementioned passing attack. Yeah, and, and they have all five starters back, and if we there's something that we have hammered home on this podcast is a big part of offensive line play is chemistry. So the longer you play together, the better that chemistry gets. I think they can take a step forward on the offensive line. And here's one thing. We didn't mention the running backs, but if you had to have – if you had to choose one – position that was not as good as the rest wouldn't you choose running back where you're relying on a new face yeah as in four-star running back ramon brown yeah brown, i think it's ramon brown that that's the best place to put it you're right yeah and they have also got colby mcdonald antoine littleton uh chalen Fa'amatu. i mean they've there is guys there that can step in yep i just don't think it's going to be a rushing attack that you rely on no i don't think you lean it's on a it. change of pace yes type of thing correct so i guess my question is when the passing attack for whatever reason is kind of maybe struggling can you lean to that rushing attack that's what i think has been lacking in the big games which we'll kind of get to a little bit defense it's just got to be better i mean it was pretty bad last year showed some signs injuries Definitely played into it. Defense has got to be better. Brian Williams, okay, took over. There was a firing late in the season. Brian Williams took over. They looked a lot better at the end of the year and in the bowl game. So I do think they did. So I do think the defense has a chance to be coordinated better. I mean, it's got to be coordinated better. This is the third defensive coordinator in four years for Loxley. Uh, that's never a good sign, right? He was hired from within, too, which. You know, you have a defense that isn't playing that well, and then you hire someone from your staff. Yeah. So, yes, he did look better at the end. They did look better at the end of the year, but I'm still questioning this side of the football. I am questioning this side of the football. I think there is talent there, but man, it's 
it's kind of thin all across the board. Uh, Finau and MNK, good defensive tackles. Yep. Daryl Jackson came on. I don't see much besides those guys, so they need to A, stay healthy, and B, take a step up. Linebackers, I think, are the easily the biggest question mark on the entire team. Ruben Hippolyte, Darrell Nuchami, um, not guys that have been the most dependable guys in the world. One of the five stars that is still around is Vendarius Cowan. There has to be some sort of mixture in this defense where that front seven stays healthy and develops. Yeah. I just threw out a bunch of names. I kind of feel like six weeks into the season, there's a potential that there could be completely different names. Well, and I think one of the things that they're maybe struggling a little bit with is depth. Yes. So 100%. They can't really afford a lot of injuries, I don't think. Which is what decimated them last year. Cornerbacks, pretty. They got. Uh, good cornerbacks, Deontay Banks, Jacorian Bennett, Tarheeb Still, that's a name we know. Safeties, though. Brand new, need help. Nick Cross has left a gaping hole after he left. So Their two safeties were the number one and number two top tacklers last year, which is never a good sign for a, a defense to begin with. But they do have good cornerbacks here, so I think that's something you can build around. Yep. If you, have, if you can lock down coverage, that helps everything, right? Agree. It just seems like the way to attack this defense is to run at this defense. Yeah. And until you change that, I'll never mm. feel good about a defense. So mm-hmm. looking at the schedule, another one that's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games until they get their first idle week. Not wow. just not a big not a big fan of that for not a big fan of that, but up. another another non conference schedule that looks really manageable. Buffalo Bulls at Charlotte 49ers. Boy, that's you, weird. Don't know how you go to at Charlotte, what but the then heck? SMU Mustangs come to town. None of those teams look like world beaters this year, so good chance of starting 3-0. You better expect to be 3-0. And then, boom. So here's the thing about the schedule. This could be a stop-and-start streaky year for Maryland fans and the mm-hmm. Maryland football team. Three easy, the three you just named. Yep. Three hard, Michigan, Michigan State, Purdue. Two, what typically people think are going to be easier, easier Indiana, Northwestern. And then uh, four hard Wisconsin, Penn State, Ohio State, or three, and then Rutgers at the end. It's just, it's streaky. It could be streaky up yeah. and down. So, and and one of the things you know, without a running game to lean on, if their defense isn't playing well, I feel like that that brings your ceiling way down, right? Yes, you don't beat good teams that way. Very hard. You're pretty you much have to be limited. You have to, to be pretty much perfect offensively in the throw game, yeah. in order to pull this off. And then it also makes you susceptible to losing a game that you should win. That is a very good point. I think that's a fair assessment. Um, biggest game, I don't know if this will make me feel or make me sound weird, but I've got Michigan State. I do too. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because you, you're, you're looking to establish momentum here. You know, you got, let's say you do go 3-0. and You go to Michigan, probably not going to win that game. But you get right back on track towards a bowl game if you can beat Michigan State. Or, and, and it's in the division. Or... If Michigan and Michigan State kind of roll you up, you're sitting there thinking, this is another Maryland team that's looked a lot like the Maryland teams the last couple of years. Right. Remember but if those you years beat least... Michigan State, yeah. and all of a sudden you're back on track. And you beat Michigan State. Now you're looking ahead. We we could beat Purdue. Yeah. Then you got Indiana. They got Northwestern. A lot of momentum there. Yeah. Curve stomp. I mean, I went with Indiana again. I'm, yeah. I guess I'm, I'm, you know, I think we might have killed some Hoosier fans with our last episode, by the way. I've heard that. Yeah. It's called honesty. Um, I have curve stamp Indiana too. At one point I had Northwestern, but looking at 
the Northwestern style of play. I think Northwestern yep. can run the ball at them mm-hmm. and have decent so, defensive backs. Great point. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the under and the points in that game right okay. now. I'm just gonna let you know. But yeah, I have curb stop. I have Indiana as well. Scariest game. Okay. Bear with me here. Okay. I got Rutgers. I do too. No kidding. Because that could be the difference between a bowl and not a bowl. It That's could why be. I picked it. It could be. Which it was last year, and they took it they was. pulled it and, off, and they and they they beat the brakes off. Of they them. did. Yeah, okay. that's right. And and it's just like a double scary because like the the season that Maryland fans want to have, I think they can have it. Okay, I I think there's a better chance that they're not going to be fighting for bowl eligibility bowl eligibility by the time they get to Rutgers. If they are though mm-hmm. fighting for bowl eligibility by the time they get to Rutgers. That is a scary game. And part of why I'm nervous about that, the three games before Rutgers, at Wisconsin, mm, yep. at Penn State, Ohio State. Yep. That is a murderer's row. So I would really want to be bowl eligible before I get to my idol week. Correct. If if I am Maryland. Over under six, right at that bowl eligibility. I like the over here. I do too. Yeah. I feel pretty good about it, actually. I don't feel great i don't maybe feel it quite as good as you and i tell you one thing i would have never thought the over a couple weeks ago you start looking into these teams you start getting yeah I, as i put a tweet out the insiders have an ability their positivity in july yes, and august i know <laughs> dude it gets to me it's which is good i i love it it's yeah. an infectious thing right and and i've had that happen to I mean, I need to check myself. I mentioned this before. I, I need to check myself when I'm doing the over-under because I always want to go over oh, initially. Right. But then I need to, okay, think about it more. Okay, now I can see an under here. Yeah. But I like the over for Maryland. But we did have two unders before this. We did. We both went We both went under with Ohio State and Wisconsin, so I guess we were kind of due for an over. Last team up, we went red for Ohio State, red for Wisconsin, red for Maryland. How about some purple? There's some red and purple. <laughs> what is it like red and black red and blue red and blue make purple right okay how would you know you're 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 colorblind how would you even know that i i don't know so I, that's what a gym teacher once told me <laughs> the 2002 2022 northwestern wildcats shout out to chappy always helpful with the knowledge last five years right in the meaty part of that curb 32 and 28, that's 53% of games won, which is good for eighth in the Big Ten over the last five years. Last year, it was a rough one. Three and nine and one and eight in the conference. The year before that was the COVID year. They went to Indy. The year before that, they went three and nine and were pretty awful. The year before that, they surprised everybody and was at Indy. How do you feel? How did, I've been waiting to answer this. How do we feel about the current state of the Northwestern Wildcats? I I was kind of, I wanted to throw something out there to you this year. I wanted to kind of just skip the preview for Northwestern. (laughs) (laughs) Should we we end on a high note? Like Costanza and just walk out? And this is why. Because I'm about to taunt the college football gods here. Yeah. And I'm just daring them to smite me as I'm about to do this. But you're trying to be honest. I'm trying to be honest We'll get into the why, but I things are not going in a good direction for Northwestern overall. I mean, uh, you know me. I've been as high on Northwestern as a program as anybody out there. 
You vote Pat Fitzgerald the number one coach in the Big Ten every year. Every single year. And it, that has not changed since we started recording this podcast. But I'm not getting the same feelings that I used to get. And I, I've been dreading saying that and putting that out into the, the ether. On celluloid. And now it's out there. And so I deserve everything that happens to me after this. And I do, too, because it's coming at me. You're a Illinois fan. I'm an Iowa fan. Yes. We both are coming at this from the same stance, I think, for the most part. So college football gods, smite me. And what are we looking at? Um, we're used to icky Northwestern offenses. Yes. That's yes. the norm. Okay, yes. so 116th in total offense, 125th in scoring offense. Okay, we've we've seen that before to a certain degree, but... Total defense, a hundred and first. I can't even believe I'm reading that. I'm seeing it on the page here, but I don't. My brain is having trouble processing that. Scoring defense, 89th. Big Kurt. In 2020, they were fifth in scoring defense in the country. They went from fifth to 89th in one year. That is bizarre world. Wait, what could have possibly changed? To make such a drastic turnaround possible. I'll tell you what it is. I'm wondering, was Mike Hankwitz, Hank as they called him, was he the magic potion? Was he the magic wand? Was he the voodoo? Was he the black magic? Is the wizardry gone? Was it that simple as Mike Hankwitz leaving and retiring? Did anybody ask Fitzy that at Big Ten Media? God, if they didn't, shame on them. You know, I, I haven't watched as much of that second day. I think they were in the second day. I now have motivation to watch that just to see if somebody asked that question because that is the number one, two, and three question to ask of the Northwestern football program right now in my eyes. I, I think so. This it's a big deal. I think we're going to find out this year. I mean, this is a big year for Fitzy. Huge. 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 All right. We'll start on the offense. Um... I'm going to start on the positive, too. Okay. Okay. The offensive line should be better thought of than what it is. I think so. It is a, I'm going to say it, good offensive line. I think it is. Especially shoving people around in the rushing attack. In the rushing game. Yes. But we do have questions of the passing game. Definitely do. I mean, we got a first rounder in Pete Skaronsky. And by the way, I just like to say, shout out to Pete sticking around Evanston. I know as a Iowa and Illinois fan, we would have much rather he went to Notre Dame than be gone. Right. But I just love the fact that dudes like that stick and he is going to be born and bred a Northwestern dude his entire life. Yeah, I mean... He appreciate up, Appreciation pod for Pete Skaronsky. For sure. And grew up right in their backyard, too. Right. So, I mean, like, you know, short drive to campus, hometown kid almost... Stuck Goes it out. there, sticks it out. Good, right. good for you. So good. And I I think this is a good offensive line. Pick six had them at 13th. Yeah, I don't, that blew my mind. That I don't agree with that. I think he's off on that person. And Athlon had them all at six. Which I think is too high probably. But it's so somewhere, somewhere in, in the middle. I think, I think closer to six. I, I think, Maybe closer I think to six. I can make an argument. This is the best offensive line in the Big Ten West. Oh, It's well, up there. But they struggled in pass pro last year. Pass pro... And we'll get to that. Pass pro is a thing, but let's stick on that positive side. And by the way, four out of five return. Yes. On the offensive line. Huge deal. Yeah. It's not just Pete Skaronsky. Extremely underrated running backs as well. Evan Hole is not just a a feel-good guy. I think he's going to catch a check on Sundays. He might. 
He might. I think he's better than people realize. Boy, I never, I'll never forget watching that guy in high school because he's from Maple Grove, Minnesota, right? Yep. And I remember thinking, good, this is going to be their running back. I wasn't impressed. He just has he's kept good. working. He's he's good. And by the way, do you remember when Cam Porter was supposed to be their star last yes, year? Yes, correct. Right. I mean, he, yes, that's Blue amazing. And now he's back. He was the star, and now he's he's, he's basically the backup now. They've got they've got a spare and a pair. Pair and a spare, excuse me. Yeah, you know this. This is a good rushing attack for sure. Very underrated. Okay, now we switch to the stuff that maybe isn't so good. I'm not. I I think I've seen enough of Ryan Hilisky to know that this is not going to be your prototypical Northwestern quarterback that drives you nuts. I don't think so. I think I. You know what? He's kind of like in a way. There's some Graham Mertziness to him in the sense that he's. I I think his ceiling is just being efficient, which I think he can be. If they protect him. Yes. And they, but he did have a rushing attack for most of the year last year. That didn't help him out. Did not. I don't, I wish the best for the Holinsky family and everything. Or whoever I, it may be. Maybe it's not Holinsky. And I don't think it's going to be. I think Brennan Sullivan. Really? Yes. You're dropping a bomb here. I'm not dropping the bomb. The, Chappie dropped the bomb. Chappie bomb. Chapp, this is a Chappie bomb. Okay. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's going to be first game, but it will be a game at okay. some point. I mean, I don't know. I don't know much about him. So Neither I, do I. Okay. I just think that it'll be a better option than Helensky. Yeah. Okay. But who's he going to throw to? Okay. Bryce Kurtz is supposed to be the guy. Has has had been supposed to be the guy that's going to break out. Pretty highly ranked recruit. Right. Yep. So need to see it. But okay. Here's my question. Those great teams that we that used to you know that drove us all nuts, right? They had like a Flynn Nagel or a Riley Lees. <laughs> yes. Where's that guy been? We haven't seen him. Could, is, could, it, be, is it, could it be Donnie Navarro? It could be Donnie Navarro. He's, he's a bit, he's a little bit Flynn Nagley. He is a little Flynn Nagley. So the transfer from Illinois actually started at Valpo, walks on to Illinois, gets a scholarship, pretty productive, and then he leaves Champaign to travel north to yeah. Evanston. Not Chicago, but Evanston. He's a big Chicagoland guy. He just likes to. He is. He's from Naperville. Around. So okay. he's from the Burbs. So he could be a guy. Uh, Malik Washington is another. We need somebody. Somebody's got to step up here. This is like. Again. The Flynn Nagley stuff, like, we, we were never scared of Flynn Nagel, but they had pro- they still had guys that wound up being productive. Yeah. We haven't even gotten the productive stuff for the most part. It's no. been guys that don't scare you and don't produce. Yeah. That has got to change if they're going to win. A decent amount of games. The quarterback needs help. The quarterback needs help. Switching over to the defense. Um, is this Jim O'Neill's defense, or do you think Fitzy is going to take this bleep back over? I mean, he's definitely going to have his hands on it more more than he, he has in the he past. He better. He has to. He better. He has to, especially at the linebackers. And he's going to have to visit Hankwitz at least once a week and hope that some wizardry rubs off on him. Like Hank. I don't know what Hank's doing these days, but just come on back. Yeah, can you just hang out at practice? Come on by to Fitzcarlton and just yeah. just chill out a little bit and help us out. Um I'm not getting much of knowledge out of the D line. Um it's a I, I, it's I a hodgepodge. I don't know what to think about it. I I I don't think anybody does. Okay. I think that's I think this is the biggest question mark of the entire Northwestern team. I'm not saying it's going to be awful. I'm saying I I don't know. And typically when I don't know, I 
don't have good feelings. Right. Yeah. Because there's nothing I feel like I can hang. Good my point. Head That's on a good point. Okay. Like I literally. By the way, on the defensive side, I have literal question marks littered throughout my notes, and it just is weird. I know that doesn't. That's, I have question marks at linebacker. I have I do question too. marks at linebacker on a Pat Fitzgerald coached led I mean, defense. They they lost the country's leading tackler in Chris Bergen, by the way. Yeah. Which is amazing. Right. From that bad defense. I think there's another Bergen coming up. Oh gosh. Is there? And then there's another. Gallagher coming up with Bryce Gallagher. Well, Bryce Gallagher blank. should be starting. And, yep. and I don't know, maybe he's the next Patty Fisher. Could be. Maybe he's the next Chris Bergen. 12, 12 tackles, 13 tackles, 11 yeah. tackles, 14 tackles. But then they need someone next to him doing the same thing. That's what yeah. they're used to doing. Yeah. So somebody's got to step up. Um, they actually have a pretty good line of recruits. Mac Uline, Grayson Metz, Kenny Soares. These, so we have names that we have heard good things about. By Chappie's report, these were a lot of guys that were held back or were thrown into the fire, and we expect them to step up this year. I think I can see that. Just a little bit nervous that the D-line is going to let them do it. Mm -hmm. Defensive backs, I think, are a little underrated. Yeah, I like, think these so, are too. This is good defensive it's backs. Not, it's a shame that Brandon Joseph transferred to Notre Dame because yep. this would otherwise this would be a really solid defensive backfield. Really solid. But I think even without him, you got guys you can depend on here. A.J. Hampton, he's a name we know. Cam Mitchell, another one. Coco Azuma. Name another, team. Name team. Yep. I, those are three really good defensive backs right there. I, now, thin. I, I'm thin, getting a yes. thinness. But if those guys stay healthy... And if the linebackers look better because the defensive line steps up, then I think the defensive backs you'll feel better about. Special teams, uh, Luke Akers, son of David Akers. Good job. Good job. Um, and then he's the uh, punter, and then David Akers will do the kicking. Or, I'm sorry, uh, Jack Olson do the yeah. kicking. By the way, place kicker big in, in Evanston. That needs to be a well performed. Absolutely. So, so uh, uh, Jack Olson. Could be a huge part of the success sure. of the Northwestern Wildcats. All right. Looking at the schedule, I'm going to start out with this so I don't forget it. This is the craziest scheduling. Oh, my gosh. I'm, gl I'm glad you brought it up. Because, like, we have to start here to make a point. Yep. Okay, listen up, folks. Northwestern only plays three Big Ten home games. So every year you go five or four. Five home games, yep. four away, vice versa. This is a year where Northwestern should have played four home games and five on the road. Their fourth home game is being played in Ireland versus Nebraska at the beginning of the year. And they volunteered to do that, by the way. They, is, they didn't have to do it in a, four, a year of four home games. They didn't have to. bananas. It's bananas. And, by the and, way, and then of their three conference games that they play, those games are against Wisconsin, Ohio State, and your rival Illinois at the end of the year. Wow. Wow. I and then, I can't believe Chappie and, and any North... Like, this is a big deal. Like, it, this is weird. How about another one? I'll give you another one. Their idle week is the second freaking week. Well, I guess it's week they get, one, they get They get two. They get two. They get two idle weeks. Oh, I missed... I don't yeah, see the second one. I, I screwed up the schedule part. So they get an idle week right after Nebraska. Okay, because they, they, they play week They get an idle week right in the middle between Wisconsin and at Maryland. Okay, never mind then. So right. they get two idle weeks, so that's like, I guess, the one scheduling reprieve. Sure. But Well, the other one is all three of their non-conference games are at home. Okay, that's great. Yeah. That's somewhat typical. Yeah, it's not unusual, right? Iowa, 
Uh, it happens. Wisconsin, I, uh, uh, Nebraska. I would say most Michigan. Big, most Big Ten teams that probably happens every other year, right? Right. Yeah, but at least it's happening this year. I guess. Could you imagine Crazy. if Duke was on the road? <laughs> Maybe that's why they didn't. They 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 agreed to it. Like, well, we get Duke at home. All right. So yeah, they start off with Nebraska in Ireland. Get an idle week. Duke, Southern Illinois, the Salukis, and then Miami of Ohio. Okay, with all this stuff being said, it's possible they could start 4-0. It is. It actually, and by the way. I don't think they will. They're over-under three and a half, which when's the last time you saw their total that low? I mean, Vegas does not have much confidence in them either. Um, So, yeah, it's not unreasonable that they could start 4-0, but we know historically they usually lay an egg against one of their non-conference teams, right? 100%. If... The one that would jump out to me, Miami of Ohio. That yes. seems like the, the the egg laying game. That seems like one. I I'm almost predicting Miami to win it right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's not crazy. Like I I could see them here. I could see them beating Nebraska, beating Duke, beating Southern, and then losing to Miami of Ohio. And like increasingly, kind of looking crappier in those games, but then and then finally losing to Miami of Ohio. And then getting molly whopped by Penn State. Yep. And then rediscovering themselves versus Wisconsin. Right. Even so, Wisconsin fans would admit to that. In 1995, when they won the Big Ten, you know, there was that miracle season. You remember who they lost to early in the season? I think it was Miami of Ohio. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Boy, look at this. The schedule's just looking right at us. God! Son of a bitch. Uh, okay. Um, and then after the idle week, at Maryland, at Iowa. Boy, that's weird. And then they go Ohio State at home, two more road games at Minnesota, at Purdue, and then Illinois at home. It is so crazy. Um, All right. So biggest game of the year, I have got at Maryland. Okay. Hear me out here. So they start out with Nebraska, not making a call with that one way or the other. Duke, Southern, Illinois, Miami, we're calling that a loss uh, at Penn State. Probably a loss. Wisconsin. Okay. They've been a thorn in Wisconsin's side. With that being said, you have some confidence that the Badgers are going to win that game. Mm-hmm. Then they hit their second and final idle week. You better come out against Maryland and win that game because I feel like there's a chance with looking at the schedule before that and looking at the schedule after that. If they don't beat Maryland, we could be looking at three and nine ish. Type of thing again, and it's it's at Maryland. We you know we just talked about Maryland. I that's a spicy game. I I had so much trouble with this one. Is it North? Is it Nebraska? Is it the NU game? Do they just need to get a fast start so badly that, that Nebraska is their, definitely could be on? The I schedule think I'm gonna games. answer Nebraska. The okay. NU game. The NU game. Okay. Curb stomp. Okay. Let me let me let me do the next two if you don't mind. Yeah, go for Marry it. Marry them together. Curb stomp. And scariest. Okay. I have Nebraska. Okay. Because if you just win, bear with me, Nebraska fans. You're going to go nuts. <laughs> There's probably more Nebraska fans listening than Northwestern fans. Okay. My curb stomp, quote unquote, for them beating Nebraska is 22 to 12 to 13. Okay. That's their curb stomp. Okay. But... You walk away from the game knowing who the more physical team was. Yeah. Does that, that isn't what people would think as a curb stomp, mm-hmm. but does that 
count as a curb stomp. At the other side, what happens if Nebraska and Casey Thompson and they just put it together and Nebraska beats them 42 to 14? They could. I mean, they beat the brakes off them last year. Right. All of a sudden you're like, oh, shit. Here we go again. Okay, there you go. Okay, so curb stomp, because of the type of of the style of play of the two teams, I think the one that it's most likely to be is at Maryland. Okay. Because the good running game against the team that we just said, yep. that's something you can gash them with. So I'm going with Maryland for the curb stomp game. And scariest game, because of what I said before, Miami, Ohio. Okay. I see them. I could see them losing that game. It's a great answer. All right, over under is three and a half. Okay. Here are the games that I, I, I don't think I'm crazy to say that they can win these games. Sure. Okay. Nebraska, Duke, Southern Illinois, Miami, Maryland, Iowa, and then mix up one of three of these three teams, Minnesota, Purdue, and Illinois. You win one of those three. I mean, I think just throw Illinois on there, period. Okay. So to me, that's seven winnable games, but then a couple more that that you could see potentially happening too. Yes. Too many winnable games to be an under to me. Over. Yeah, over. Yeah. In fact, I'm hammering the over on this one. I, I think. think I am considering hamming the over here. Yeah. And it, by because the way, I'm did, kind of a winner. Do we mention it's Northwestern? <laughs> yes, <laughs> did, we did. We, yeah. In an even year. In an even year. Yeah. Which we didn't even bring up. Should should we we should put this bet in tonight? Right now. Before we yes. get done. Okay. All right, that's all I got, man. That's all I got. You good? I am Jeffrey the Greek. I'm Big Kurt. This has been the Eyes on Big Podcast. Talk to you soon.